I'm not sure how good the soundproofing is in this room, so don't right, get too don't loud. Don't get too loud. Tell me, do this if I get too loud. Okay. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Publish, Perish or Podcast, your opportunity to look behind the scenes of science to see where science holidays. I'm Andy Stapleton and joining me today is Cameron Shearer. Hello Andy and hello listeners. Hello Cameron and Gibbo sends his apologies again but he does still love you all deeply. Yes, I think, uh, what is it that makes the heart grow fonder? Distance? Uh, Distance makes the heart grow fonder, yeah. Yeah, so... Our hearts are growing fonder for Gibbo. Absolutely. And his heart is growing fonder for you. And that man has got a big heart. Mm. So he's definitely, it's growing. It's growing. It's too much. Um, where do you think science holidays, Shmoopy? You normally ask where I like holidaying. Where do you like holidaying, Shmoopy? I don't really know. Why do you ask? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to, when I'm a startup millionaire, I'm going to take you to this place. So make sure... Your answer is good. Okay. So I like places where you can do activities during the day and then relax at nighttime. I really liked going to Crete in Greece. So Oh, that was for a Bucks night. Uh, Bucks party, no. wedding. No, no, that no. That wasn't that one. No, that no. was just a, a holiday oh, to Crete. Right, right. So that had mountains right near the ocean. So you could go hiking yeah. and swimming on the same day. And then there were not, lots of nice restaurants. In the uh, evening. For the evening. You? I also like activities. I tried once, Kate and I tried this package holiday to Fiji. Uh, within three days, I was walking, I was like walking along the beach and there was a man with a machete coming towards us. And I was like, hello, where are you going? He was like, to my farm. I was like, can I come? <laughs> so I ended up like hitting things with a machete just yeah. because it, it was kind of like a toddler thing for him. It's like, look at the little man with a yeah. with a machete. Isn't it yeah. cute? Um, yeah. And he cut me down a coconut, which was nice. Um, and uh, yeah, that's so anyway, activities, because otherwise I end up macheteing things. Uh, my favorite place. Do you know what? I never thought. I would like, you know, when yours sounds lovely. Yours sounds like what everyone's lovely holiday thing sounds like. Because you mentioned ocean and mountains. Yes. Oh, people love that. Oh, they love both of them. Why not together? Why not together? Right next to each other. Mm -hmm. Well, I really loved my trip to Japan and I would go back there in a heartbeat. There were no real mountains. I liked the cities. There is Mount Fuji. Yeah, but whatever. No one goes to that, do they? It's boring. So you like the fancy toilets? I love toilets. Living in a cupboard. I love how busy it is. I love the little thing, like the yeah, the small spaces, combined apartments, micro style living. That is that was a brilliant holiday. Okay. And I was on my own, which maybe me. (laughs) Maybe that's why it was brilliant. (laughs) Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, and what about science? Where would science holiday? You know what science? Where science would holiday? Where? Somewhere where science doesn't exist, inside ah, a black hole. That's cool, right? I like that. Yeah. So science is kind of. I'm sick of this universe's laws of physics and gravity. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to go else. inside a black hole where they aren't followed. Yeah. So they're just going to follow some different scientific rules for a little while, and yeah. that's their holiday. I like, I really like that. You're good at those. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can see why that would be a holiday for science. We're like a bit different. Yeah. Uh, it's Universal mount- constants uni- are different. Yeah, like, Speed oh, of wow. light, 
different different yeah that's really good um all right i think science would like to holiday uh i tell you what we'd like it would get all of the branches of science together and it would have like it would be like they'd all get into a bus mm-hmm. and they do a very quick whiz around europe yeah because that's where science was born and it would be like a nostalgia <laughs> trip They'd go around and be like, "Oh, look, that's where we—that's where we found out where I yeah. don't know the, 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 the apple fell the, on uh, Isaac really, Newton's head." That's right. Yeah, they do all of that little nostalgic trip because yeah. science is pretty old. I think old people like to do that shit. Yeah, and holidays with friends are good until mm. you hate each other's guts so much and never want to see each other again. Boom, boom. So we're Ooh. recording this yes. in the UniSA building. Yeah, you are on level seven. Level seven shit has the view yeah what a view how's the view shut up <laughs> prime minister what do you see from level two where you are uh uh see that tree top of that tree <laughs> so i'm on level two of this building in my uh startup co-working space it's way like i thought i wanted this actually until i came in here today so we're outside the door where we're recording at the moment is like those basic cubicle setup the most basic cubicle well i have some cupboards you, yeah, look, it's all good, but the the general atmosphere outside that door, oh. it's, it's depressing, isn't Did it? Did you feel like you were going to be shushed because you were chit-chatting with yeah, me before? Yeah, and everyone was hushed. I'm even a bit hushed in here. I'm <laughs> nervous. I'm nervous. I'm going to be told off. Um, but on level two, it's all trendy. You can shout. I Ooh. literally, there's someone just as loud in level two as me, and we talk as we're walking away from each other <laughs> across people. Uh-huh. That no one cares because we're trendy and startup, yeah. mate. Um, why am I telling you that? Because I have, do you have a favorite toilet in this building? No. They're all good. They're all pretty there, good. Where's a hidden one? Oh, I'm not going to tell. I know. Do I tell you? Do I tell you my <laughs> my toilet secrets? I haven't been on level two. I've been on level zero. Level two's toilets are rubbish. Okay. Level zero toilets uh, are good. You can get in there. They're yep. quiet. There's showers in case it gets real messy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but there's uh, toilets on level eight. Okay. No one goes to. Or very rarely goes to because that's kind of like where the um, where the coffee, like the communal coffee stuff is. Yeah. So it's a thoroughfare. It's not a stop and like people are exiting their offices kind of space, right? Level eight. The views like the toilet are brilliant. Okay. They're like this, but yeah. better. Yeah. And it's a toilet. Mm. It's quiet. So you can let rip in there. No okay. one's going to come in and catch you pooing, which we all know is social suicide. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying that you're you're leaving the, the door open so you can look at the view? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've assumed right. <laughs> Which is, and also, if someone does walk in, you do have to power play it because opening, leaving the door open is a big, bold move. If you're a shy person, once they look in, you, oh, that's worse. So saying you can't cover up. No, you've got to stare them down. Mm. <laughs> and then, and, <laughs> and you got to let one out. While make it maintaining eye contact, that you, you have to. You have to. That's how you. Wow. That's how. That's your. That's how you ascertain I'm, dominance. I'm learning something here. Yeah, that's how you get dominance in a cubicle pooing situation. 
Was that really written down? Why are you looking at your notes and then you... No, because I forgot why we were doing that. And because, (laughs) you know, I always do the pooing thing. We're we're about to do news for the week, aren't we? For the news for the week. I got so carried away with my favorite (laughs) toilet that I forgot to do like the the wind up for it. Like the... (laughs) So now I'm just going to say, level eight's my favorite toilet. It's time for news for the week. (laughs) That's a good intro. You prefer that one? I do. Maybe we can just do Andy's favourite toilets as an intro. <laughs> um, anyway, news for the week, mate. You, last podcast, yes. you dropped it on us. Like big a news. big steaming bit no. of news. Big news. <laughs> big bowel-filling, bowel-movement yeah. news. And last time we recorded, that was embargoed information. Oh. Luckily... About three days before the podcast came yeah, out. Yeah, it got released. It was released, so yeah. I, um, we could do it. I yeah. still edited a little bit yeah. out of there. Yeah. Um, don't know if you ever actually listened I to that I never actually edit. listened no. to it. I yeah, forgot. So you don't know what's been edited. I have no edited. idea, no. Um, I assume you kept all my awesomeness in. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, for people that don't know, Cameron won a future fellowship, which is, as far as Australian young research grants go, is the one to get. Yes, it's so this is the A level. There's a there's a similar one for medical research yeah. called an NHMRC investigator grant, but yeah. yes, it's basically as good as you can get. Seven hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. Jesus. Over four years, uh, my position for four years yeah. and some research money. Do you remember when I was all smug about forty grand? Oh yeah. Yeah, God, I dread to think <laughs> what you're feeling inside <laughs> that that body of yours. Yeah, that sweet sweet. Hairless bodily body of yours. I've got hair on top of my head. You do. Oh, uh, you fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so that's so and something was, that was that we didn't talk about too yeah. much last time is that uh, is a little bit awkward at the moment because I applied for the future fellowship to work at the University of Adelaide. Yes, but in the last month, I've come to work at the University of South Australia. Mm. Um, and so I'm actually talking to both universities to see. What is the best deal for me? Great. Uh, and so up until now, that's basically just involved me speaking with the head of school Yeah. Uh, in both cases. And then they have both taken it to their their boss, Yeah. who I think is, I mean, different names in different universities. Mm. So they're like the deputy vice chancellor of research or yeah. the head of the dean of the department, stuff, yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, and so I'm still waiting to hear back exactly what I can get out of both universities mm. um but it's weird so it is weird well yeah. because this is a this is a change of power for you normally oh. you're just so thankful for yeah. any scunge money as yes. you call it to, yeah. to float to your way that you do anything right yes and now you actually have a bargaining chip and quite a powerful bargaining bargaining chip at that mm-hmm. i think yeah so i don't know so i've got so obviously i'm a free researcher for yep. four years and plus the research money that comes with it but i've also heard that the university gets a substantial amount of money as well to kind of support me yeah um but i i actually don't know how much that is but people keep telling me like like you're a valuable get, man yeah now. i'm more even more valuable than uh what is obvious that i'm bringing yeah that's incredible have you have you used it in a like power play move at the moment, or are you you're just you're just information you're collecting at the moment, right? You're not you're not honing in on bargaining yet. I'm just using so I am informing each of the 
institutions, what I've heard might be yeah. possible from other institutions. Yeah. And I also had a meeting with someone from the University of Queensland, which Whoa. is, a, say, a better university again. Um, what? You'd go to Queensland? Well, I mean, don't tell anyone, but no, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, be, I've been just comparing. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So, University of Queensland would offer this and this. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, that's really, I mean, like, that's awesome information yeah to just throw down what's a what's a non-negotiable for you the most valuable thing for me is mm. job security okay uh, and so i'm putting a lot of weight towards contract after the position yeah being continuing or even just a three to five year contract mm -hmm. i'm giving that more weight than i am say extra research funding throughout the fellowship or sure a, or a phd scholarship or that type of thing. yeah that's good that's so. good. And w w as a person with a young family, a mortgage, yes, a lifestyle that uh, you want to maintain, because more money at this stage is mm. not like, you know, oh, sure, an extra PhD student or uh, more funding like that you, doesn't go into your pocket. No. Whereas an extra couple of years of a wage yes. does. Yeah. And, and uh, the extra years of wage is really... Um, in case things don't quite go right during the future fellowship, I I would like some kind of backup, so that if yeah. I have a year or two where I don't publish anything, yeah. that I still have a chance to get myself going again. Mm -hmm. If you know my idea isn't great, or if I have one or two bad students, we've mm. seen people before have fellowships get yeah. bad students, yeah. not publish, and then it basically spell the end of their career. Yeah, because I'll. I will at the end of the fellowship be very expensive. Mm. So All right, basically the very expensive. <laughs> so expensive. So the postdoc career yeah. is over. Yeah. That's great. That must well, feel nice to Well, yeah, I mean it, it, it is. Yeah. But it it also means that I don't have many fallback options. Mm. So if I the future fellowship doesn't go that well or I, or for whatever reason nothing afterwards is offered. Yeah then there's basically nothing at a university for me to work at. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. So, so stability, therefore, is a priority. Yes. Yeah. I see that. That's good. That's good. Um, so uh, let's have a look. Verbalize.science is going well. Very good. Um, which is which is excellent. I Now, two years ago when I started this, I'd be really interested to go back and listen to our podcasts when you know i remember saying stuff like it's really hard people don't listen mm -hmm. like and then the more and more i read about this sort of like business startup journey like three two to three years can be the earliest that it kind of starts to look good yes some people have even said five to seven years <laughs> right can you imagine can you imagine um but there's two things that I, I reckon have really sort of helped me. Firstly, is the LinkedIn videos. Mm -hmm. The LinkedIn videos have opened up my network. So I've got over 5,000 people that I'm connected to. Yep. And I recently did my first ever ask for help. Like, as in normally, I give value. I try to be valuable. I try to share what I've learned or 
pose okay. a question that could help other people you know like uh, it's it's a it's a giving to an audience situation yep. so you're giving your knowledge for, for free. free out there yep. to linkedin yeah but i was like okay it was 173 videos i had done at that point i was like now this video isn't going to be about me giving mm-hmm. i'm going to take i'm going to very make a very specific ask so i the the theme of the the video was kind of like ask for help when you need it mm-hmm. and i was like right linkedin audience i need your help and last or this year i have been promised probably two conferences where i wanted to trial verbalize.science mm-hmm. for their poster session yep and this opens up a whole new market for us which is great um and scientists are genuinely interested in that component for example if i would say to you you give us $5 or $10 a month and I'll give you access to all the posters presented at, I don't know, five or six conferences. Yeah. Like that starts to sound like a good value proposition. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so it looks like new market, new all sorts. And I said to my LinkedIn audience, I need connections to conference organizers who are running a scientific conference with about 100 to 200 posters in the next uh, year. Yep. And I had five actual like proper connections where we're doing shit great so it's incredible like small ones and two massive conferences at the end of last year i'm meeting up with the conference organizers now for their organizing october and november next year yeah so i need to strategically fail soon get all the (laughs) get all the nuts and nuts and bolts in the right order if that's what you say um and i yeah i need to i need to a small conference that i can fuck up Mm. now Mm -hmm. and that's happening uh, in December, it, I'm. Are you going to do your best? No, I'm going to do my best. But you, yeah, in this startup yeah. thing, it's a strategic fail. Okay. I will do my best. I am charging zero dollars ah, for that. Okay. Therefore, I yeah, you you do your best. You learn. You provide yeah. some value where you can. But everyone goes into it knowing that you always make mistakes the first time you do anything. Anything. Can yeah. you remember kissing for the first time? Oh my god. I was told I was a bad kisser <laughs> to my face. Did you do it for free? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay, that's right. Yeah. How dare they? Did you um, call it a strategic fail on that day? I did. I didn't know that term. I wish I had. <laughs> um, anyway, so that, that brings me to, yes, Verbalize is going very well. We're doing conferences uh, starting in December. And we've got two or three lined up for early next year, smaller ones, which leads us then to a massive physics conference at the end of next year that's being hosted in Adelaide, which is brilliant. Nice. Um, And another thing is we are international company now, genuinely an international company. How's that? How is that? Exactly. Scott Morrison. Are you? um, How is that? Um, paying your taxes through Ireland. Is that's that- right. Yeah, I'm be- I'm sending all my profits <laughs> offshore. <laughs> um, we uh, have been approached by a group in Denmark, of Denmark. all places. Wow! To promote the work that they're doing, the research they're doing, and what they like about it is they are they are in the political science world, political mm-hmm. and e- ecological policy kind of area. What they like about it is that it is their words. Because there's a very when they start explaining concepts and what they found, there's very very sort of defined things they can and can't say. Okay. But to the average person and the average reporter, 
it can bleed into one another. So what they really like about verbalizers is that they can say exactly what they want to say and we sexy it up um, mm-hmm. and create that single narrative and the, the you know, the mo- nice motion graphic um, videos, all yep. that sort of stuff. So that's what they like. It's interesting. I hadn't considered that to be important before. Yeah. I can see how it is. Yeah. And so they were like, in the past, we've always had, yeah, marketers come and speak and then run their own story, essentially, based yeah. on how they interpret it. But yeah. no, that's not how Verbalize works. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, look, those are the two big things. We're profitable. So next time we're out, I'm buying you a soda water. Ooh. Stop it. There we are. There's my news. I look forward to that. <laughs> that's right. So you bloody should. What are you doing? Uh, <clears throat> all right. A couple quick things. I now started at UniSA means induction programs. Oh, sexy. Last Friday I attended the supervision at UniSA workshop. Great. Who are you supervising? Well, it's so I can am eligible to be a supervisor. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's a whole day workshop on supervision. Yeah. Uh, a couple of stats uh that interested me mm-hmm. is that they showed the a pie chart of marks for phd theses yeah over the last five years so this is i think it was was it 500 or a thousand phd theses shit what percentage do you think would fail uh, PhD i'll thesis? go i'll go th- oh i was gonna say a third i think that's high yeah a failure i'd say 15 percent. good i'm glad you said that because it's zero less than 0.1 percent fail it's a rigged system, mate. And 1% are downgraded to masters. Yeah. Less than 0.1% fail mm, the PhD thesis. What does that tell you? Now, <laughs> the other thing, the other stat that ties in here yeah. is that in Australia, students are forced to pay tuition fees if their candidature, so the time mm. for them to get their mark back from their thesis, mm-hmm. is beyond four years. Yeah. Um. And so, isn't it weird that so many students go beyond the four years? Yeah. And yet, the fail rate for putting in a PhD thesis is so, less than zero point one percent. I don't. I'm trying to work out if this is like because surely they were spinning this as this is great. Were they spinning it like look how great we are? I don't know. All I was thinking was, I was looking at that number yeah. and I was thinking, why don't people just submit anything? Well, exactly. <laughs> Why, why submit, whatever you got after three and a half yeah because clearly the fa- well maybe that's maybe that's why maybe it's because like my supervisor they always say they wouldn't let you submit something that would fail yeah so maybe this it does it didn't have the statistics for the number of people who withdrew ah right okay which then might be in the 30 percent. that's right so maybe that's margin. yeah yeah maybe their supervisor's like you know what we submit this as a it's like a poster presentation. <laughs> this is on a PhD. For a certificate of attendance. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, well, that's really interesting. I, I hope that it's something like that. I'd, I've seen lots of PhD theses, which I thought were terrible, mm. be accepted. Mm. Um, and I used to tell people all the time, like, this person, this person, this person got a thesis. So you just can. Su- you can, and just submit whatever you got. Yeah, um, and one time a person came back to me saying, yeah, but if I submit now, I'm going to have a PhD, but I'll only have one paper, so I won't get a job afterwards. Okay. Um, and that kind of stopped me from giving that advice to people. Mm. 
because um, it is probably important to have as many papers as possible before you finish your PhD yeah. in order to get this the next postdoc. Yeah. Um, but that person finished their PhD about five years in, mm. still only had one paper, but they're actually pretty good, mm. and so they've got a postdoc now. Yeah, okay. Um, so. Well, that's good. Yeah, like, I mean, we've talked about this a fair bit, I think, but the idea that, that the paper thing, when I finished, I reckon I had one paper, and I didn't even write that one, mm. and that was kind of just seen as good enough, whereas yeah. as, pretty much as soon as I graduated within that year, people were like, you've got to have five or more. Like, five or more, you don't get a proper job. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't really seem to be the actual case. No, so now I th- yeah, I'm seeing right. a lot of people who probably don't have that many papers who are, you know, at least on Facebook saying that they're a, a research job. associate at some university. Yeah. So. Maybe we're all being maybe we're all being awo- awakened to the fact that all of this is just one big scam. And they're like, don't you, know say what? That. you can't say that, that here. We're no. in a university. Are, you yeah. can say that in my house. <laughs> it's all just one big scam to be like, come on. You won't get a job unless you get you get me five papers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got a science ethics hypothetical for you, Andy. I definitely want this. All right, you are now. This is purely hypothetical. Okay. All right. All right. You're a postdoc in a in a research group. Easy. Uh, a master's student three years ago did some work with you, uh, and they published one paper from their master's thesis. Mm. Uh, you were an author on that paper. Mm. Um, that person is now returned to their home country. Mm-hmm. So let's say that they've gone back to Greece. Okay. Hypothetically. Hypothetically Greece. All right. Yeah. You f- you now find out recently, three years after the fact, yeah. three years later, yeah. uh, that they've published a second paper in the Greek Journal of Chemistry. Yeah. Using the data collected with you mm. at your institution. And I'm not an author. It's very similar to the first paper, but it is different. Yeah. Um. And you know this work, and it was deemed not reliable enough for publication, but suitable for the thesis. Yeah. Uh, You're not an author on this second paper, nor is anyone else from that original institution. Instead, there are four new Greek authors. Mm. What do you do? Oh, man. you got to pick your battles. Mm. Is this worth it? Is this worth it? The the stress. Yeah. Is it a... Is this hypothetical paper in a very well-known journal? No. Have High you ever heard factor? of the, the Greek Journal Gre- of Chemistry? No. No, never. No. So um, I think the impact factor is less than two. Oh, sorry. Hypothetically. Hypothetically, it's less than two. Yeah. Uh, if it was, if it was, absolutely, you know, you knew that it was fraudulent or full of errors and mm. stuff. Maybe, maybe you would. Yeah. You would approach the author first and ask if they did anything different or, you know, just yes. try to like, get all the information. But ultimately, once again, is it worth the stress? Mm. Is it like there's so much more shit in academic papers. The worst is they haven't credited you yep. for work that you've done. That's the worst, I think, That mm-hmm. or, and the fact that it's like crap data. Yep. But what what journal doesn't have such papers with crap data in anyway every single one of them does exactly so the, yep. at worst they've they've uh, got away with a paper mm-hmm. i mean with without your name on it yep um at best you could encourage them to i don't know can you put can you put um 
acknowledgements on after the fact. <laughs> you can, yeah, yeah, you can change things like that. Yeah, so look, that's probably the best thing that you could expect from this. Yeah. The hassle to get it retracted and blood, you're only going to make yourself look like a dickhead. Yeah. Thoughts? I think that's a very fair. <laughs> now, that's like the, the humanist uh, path of least resistance way to look at it. Yeah. But what's the right thing to do? The right thing to do. Okay, so ethically, if I if, uh, if I had unlimited F, uh, unlimited energy to tackle this, mm-hmm. you get in contact with the author and you say, "Hey, I noticed this, this, and this." And if you weren't satisfied with their response, yep. you would escalate it to the journal editor. Okay. Um, I think if that was yeah, that's what you would do. All right. So now, I mean, hypothetically, I can't, I can't explain to you how only hypothetical this question is. Uh, yeah. So say you do that. Yeah. You you write to the the the, the author. Yeah. And you say, notice this paper. Um, what the a, hell? There's a few yeah. problems here that some people who did work on it aren't uh, acknowledged. Yeah. Uh, is it was clearly all done at a different institution, yeah. and I know for a fact that most of the authors did nothing. Yeah. And they reply saying, "Oh, sorry, didn't realize it was a problem. Um, I need this paper for my job interview." Of my job application, mm. I will write to the journal and get them to add your name to the paper. As an author? As an author. It's not ideal, but it's probably the best outcome you can get. What's yep. the other option is then go, that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. I'm going to retract, I'm going get, to get the journal to retract this paper yes. until it's been through my lab's, like, I don't know, yeah. ethical or quality control. And we'll resubmit. So like the, the so the I guess the the work. I mean, I did mention in my the beginning of my hypothetical email yeah. that the the work um, was deemed three years ago to not be reliable enough for a publication. Yeah. So, um, would you then accept authorship on this unreliable work? Um, like, so your name is now attached to something that you, in your mind. Think you it's unreliable. It's, yeah. Well, et- from a, once again, from a non-humanist, purely eth- no, you that's you gotta you gotta you gotta fight that shit. Yeah. Or ask for them to reproduce it to a certain level. Mm. Like, okay, I want to see this from you. Yeah. This would this would pass our uh, criteria of being reproducible. Go do that. If not, we're we're taking you down. Mm. I yeah. Interesting hypothetical, isn't it? Very this, interesting like, science, hypothetical. Science ethics. Yeah. Uh, I think you got it. Like, I really think that that's, that's the way that I feel I would do it as mm. well. But mm. I mean, the right thing to do is just to uh, demand retraction of the yeah. paper. Yeah. So, boom. Final bit of news for you. Go on, mate. I have purchased the ultimate chemistry lab accessory. What is it? It's this. That is sweet. That's a calculator watch. <laughs> I'm wearing you a calculator old school. watch. <gasps> I noticed it on the way in. I thought, no, couldn't possibly be. So whenever I need to calculate, so we do a lot of simple maths in chemistry. Yeah. Right? Uh, and our schooling the, did not allow us oh, to do mental math properly. I cannot uh, subtract when there's three decimal points involved. No, no way. But the calculator watch can calculator watch and i'm always wearing gloves and yeah. i don't really like taking my phone out taking gloves, your gloves off, off yes for that but yeah. 
if this is a lab only watch, yeah, I don't mind. No, if, touch away. Yeah, I touch it. Yeah, don't lick it. Oh no, don't no, lick it. Don't lick it. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> there you go. That's brilliant. I How's love that? it. Casio. Um, I don't know the number. The old classic digital calculator watch. Brilliant. Boom. Boom. It's not time for science this. It's time for Spot the Fake. We actually like Spot the Fake, don't we? It's quite fun. I call it Pick the Fake. Pick the Fake. Yeah, okay. Pick the Fake. Pick. What's the, what's the, what's the stinger? Pick the Fake. Hmm. Oh, mate. I like that. That was pretty good. Um, who wants to go first? Me, you, you, me? Uh, you go first. All right. There's a theme to mine. Okay, I've got a theme too. Oh, I hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's the same. Do you know what? So I wrote these, uh, or I, I got this game together mm. about a month ago. Ah. I had to go to check to see which one was the fake. That's <laughs> <laughs> that good. You know the US though, you left your list at home ah. and I didn't look at it. You are a superstar. All right, paper one. This must be pretty good if you didn't know. <laughs> Functional disorders of the anus and rectum. Gut, 1999. Ready? Yep. Capacity of a healthy rectum and anus. 18, sorry, 1988 BJS Society. Pressure profile of the rectum and anus of healthy persons. Diseases of the colon and rectum, 1960. <laughs> <laughs> you've really gone back you've gone back in time yeah mate you know i don't i don't mess around because <laughs> all of the good simple names are taken now you go back to the the prime oh, yeah. naming of of uh, yeah. papers you don't have to be super specific no you can just say also. Just gone. that's right yeah and that's yeah that's where they are so I had a feeling that the the middle one there capacity so tell me that one again capacity of a healthy rectum and anus now, I feel like that doesn't quite make sense. Okay. Now, can I ask you some ana anatomical questions? I mean, you can, but <laughs> I know nothing of these. This, I mean, other than I have a rectum and anus. Yeah. Yes. What's a rectum? Rectum is the, I think, from the end of the small intestine yep. to your anus. Okay. So there would be a capacity of that then, wouldn't yeah. there? Okay. And I guess maybe this, because there is a pressure profile on the, the last one. So I guess maybe it's like capacity at which the anus opens or something like that. Like, because it's the anus which is holding in the capacity. Mm -hmm. I guess that's how I would interpret okay. all that. Functional disorders of the anus and rectum. Yeah. Now that would be a simpler one to fake. And then gut. G-U-T. B-J-S <laughs> society though. That's... Uh, Almost AJS, <laughs> your, your initials. <laughs> oh, now you're laughing a lot there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pressure profile of the rectum and anus of a healthy person's diseases of the colon and rectum. Yeah. That's a very specific journal, but I mean, why not? Well, yeah. You've got chemistry of. Uh... Greek chemis chemistry <laughs> journal. <laughs> All right. Um, I've got to pick the fake here, don't I? That's you the do. game. That's the game. I think the fake is capacity of a healthy rectum and anus, BJS society. All right. I'm going to take this in order. Functional disorders, the first one, mm -hmm. is true. Ooh. 
Okay. Capacity of a healthy rectum and anus. Yes. Is the fake. I got it. You got it. Yes. And yeah. even though BJS <laughs> is a real, oh, is it's it? real, I was like, oh, I wish I'd thought of that. <laughs> but yeah, that was really good. So yeah. what does BJS Society stand for? You're not sure? Biological j- j- jits and shits. Okay. I reckon that's my first Yeah, that's first, picked. first win. First win. Go on, yeah. You know your rectums and anuses. That's mm. your problem. Okay. Now, I wrote these this morning. All right. And you told me a bit of information before we started the podcast that yeah. slightly changes my feelings about what I've written here. All right. But All right. Uh, I'll just let it go. Now, I've got four here. All right. But there are two fakes. Oh, shit. Okay. I feel like you might get one pretty easily. All right. Okay. Is it Andy's a poo-poo head? <laughs> okay. So my first one here is greetings and closings in workplace email. So that's in the Journal of Computer Mediated Communication uh, from 2007. Now yep. in that, in this article, they looked at 500 plus emails from a New Zealand, uh, a New Z- they compared a New Zealand university and a New Zealand, New Zealand factory. Okay. And they found that the highest stress and relationship strain that occurs in universities uh, showed up in the fact that they mm. used much less greetings and closings in their emails uh-huh. uh, in comparison to the factory where they found uh, friendly greetings and closings in more emails. Yeah. Academia is very formal. Um, what's, your, what's your default closing? I say thanks. I say all the best. I don't mind all the best. Yeah, thanks. I, I don't, don't mind say, thanks. Oh, cheers. <laughs> now, I don't say cheers, which no. is a pretty default Australian one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't really understand what it means. I guess it means thanks. Yeah. Which like I write. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Regards right. is like all the best as well. Yeah, regards it? is a little bit formal. All right. So that was number, number one. Number one. Good. Um, so number two is constant connectivity, colon. Advantages of interruptions at work. Advantages? Yes. Mm. So this was by Wajcam and Rose mm. in the Journal of Business C, colon, organization. Why is there so many colons <laughs> in this? <laughs> Great. All right. Um, Good. And so they investigate the effect of short interruptions on the productivity of knowledge workers. And they find overall that short interruptions such as emails and visits to the offices actually improve productivity compared to a study where no such interruptions occurred. Mm. Uh, finding that connectivity truly has improved productivity. Great. Uh, okay, number three. Three. Is interpersonal communication consequences of email non-response. Interpersonal. Communication. Yeah. Consequences of email non-response. So that one's in the Florida Communication Journal yeah. from 2011. Yeah. Uh, they find email non-response, uh, email non-response when a response is expected creates stress and negative consequences for the relationship between the two mm. due to a shift in power in the relationship that occurs when a non-response is completed. Yeah. Okay. All I right. can see that. Yeah. So number four yeah. is Andy. 
Ugh. You need to answer my phone calls, text messages, and emails faster. <laughs> Written by Cameron Shearer uh, in 2019. <laughs> uh, All right. And so in that one, it was observed that Andy is getting worse and worse at communicating in a timely fashion. That's me. <laughs> but you... Right, okay. Let's take that one. Let's tackle... <laughs> right. So fake... <laughs> Unless you've got this published, <laughs> if you've managed to get this published, no, uh, that one's not in a journal. That's just written just in my written in my notes. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. <laughs> the, yeah, uh, Cameron's iPad. Yes, uh, 2019. <laughs> um, so, in my defence, people need to know this. Yes, I have been ignoring your. I've not even known about your calls and text messages. No, I, I do know that now, but yeah. but why? Uh, so I I am very proud that my phone has lasted me for about five or six years and I've replaced its internal components when, it, when they've broken. Okay. This kind of don't chuck it out if it's not properly broken idea. Uh, and uh, the battery recently swelled up when I was in Amsterdam. Amsterdam. So it's very dangerous. <laughs> so hydrogen gets formed, and if it breaks out and there's a spark, you Ooh. can explode your phone. Wow. Uh, when you're smoking marijuana, that is very uh, stress-inducing, knowing that you've got a bomb in your pocket. Paranoia. Uh, paranoia, paranoia yeah, like real paranoia with fake paranoia. <laughs> uh, is a, is a, yeah, and um, anyway, so I was like, I need a new battery. That's easy. Batteries are easy to replace in a lot of these these phones, right? Just need to be a bit careful. But as I was replacing my battery, uh, I it was tricky to push in. So I grabbed something that was nearby, and I had loads of plastic utensils around. Yep. But I grabbed tweezers. And as I'm pushing in one end with the tweezers, the other end of the tweezers connected with, I assume, like the motherboard or something very important on mm. the phone, and it uh, killed the phone. Just smelt like plastic. Just that, burned, burned, just it, burned, burned, burned everything. Yeah. So it's it. There was massive amount of sparks, like yeah, yeah, sparks, okay. and then it smelt like burning plastics, which I assume was like the like those little micro resistors and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, yep. falls fake. Because uh, so, and I've been calling you quite a lot recently. I know. I told to you to organise this podcast. No one ever calls me until <laughs> I reckon. Like I say, as soon as I turn my phone on, there'll be a million dollar deal that I missed out on last last week, <laughs> guaranteed. All right. So, all right. So that's one of my two. That's one of the, okay. Uh, got I'll, I'll look. You'll give that one to me. I'll tell you. Yes, that was a. Fake. Oh, you're so generous. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um. All right. So first thing, greetings in. Uh, work emails. Uh, yeah, do you know what? Like, I can see how that would be. Yeah, I can see how that that would that would. Essentially, they're saying that they can identify the culture in a workplace based on the, the greetings openings and, and closings. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can see that constant communication. Right, advantages of interruptions at work. Mm -hmm. No. That's my immediate reaction to that one. Not possible. Not possible. There's something like now that I'm now that I'm an entrepreneur, right? All there's all this like be your best, be effective, right? As far as I'm aware, all of the studies are you. It, if someone interrupts you, yeah. it can take 45 minutes to get back into the task, oh. right? That's that's it was uh, particularly around coding. I think like when okay. I was looking, it was 
stop having middle of the day meetings yeah it's better that your people are a little bit sluggish but not interrupted rather than trying to pick up pace and give them focus and mm -hmm. direction because yeah it takes 45 minutes anyway so that's why i'm suspicious about that one and interpersonal communication consequences of email non-response mm -hmm. now i can only Im i can't imagine the amount of stress you've been going through <laughs> I've been ignoring your text messages. Yeah. I've I've been seemingly instantly dismissing your phone calls. <laughs> not even not even ringing once. <laughs> not even it's like I'm expecting Cameron's call, I'm turning off my phone. Yeah. Um so and also I I know that from my own personal experience that a non-response Australians are good at ghosting when they don't want to tell you something. They will avoid conflict. Yeah with a non-response and that is anxiety inducing and that happens a lot mm -hmm. it's like just tell me i'm shit tell me why you don't want my service tell me like tell me all this stuff oh, i can fix you get it email non-responses a lot then too, yeah. don't you it's yeah. like i can fix that shit yep but what i can't fix is something i don't know and non-response is yeah i is it is i reckon so that's why i'm going two is the fake all right so number two was uh, what was it called? Constant connectivity, colon, advantages of interruptions at work. Journal of Business C, colon, organization. Yeah. Fake. Boop, boop, well done. <laughs> yes. Oh, you turn the lights I on. I turn the lights on. I'm, I'm, I'm essentially Jesus. <laughs> well Great. done. Hey, we Thanks. both got it. We. Even one uh, point each. Yeah. I think I'm winning overall, though. I just want to let you know. Okay, yeah, you probably are. Perfect. It's time for Topic of the Day. Topic of the Day. Topic of the Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the topic for the day. So, it's inspired because old Schmoopy here has got new challenges. Yeah. You've got money. I've got money. You've got a lab. Apparently, Shearer Lab. What yes. is it going to be called? Well, that was one of my questions. Okay, great. Let's what work that out. Called? I don't know. So, I'm expected to become a group leader yes. next year. And now with you have to decide about your digital strategy. Yes. <gasps> and, I mean, websites. Website, yeah. Or group names. I don't think website, I like Shearer Lab. Website, group names. Also, content. How are you going to promote your papers? Yeah. Mate, Verbalizer. I've got... I've, I've got the business. <laughs> Hang on. This is so lucky. Oh, wait. Did I mention I have money? I don't have any money. Oh, shit. That's all right. I'll uh, I'll just take things from your house <laughs> to the value at which I deem my services. <laughs> Deal? Okay. All right. Done. As long as I don't notice. So Okay, good. <laughs> Toilets, first thing to go. Um, so, digital strategy for new labs or even established labs for all that that don't have a digital strategy. Or people who are just looking to, you don't need to have your own lab to have your own chemistry web. You could be a PhD student and still be promoting your own research yep. for yourself. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Absolutely. So what's your thoughts? So first of all, let's go with the naming convention because the convention normally is your surname yes. and lab. <laughs> yes. I don't like Shira Lab. Shira Lab. No, it sounds like it's, it's not easy to say, first of all. Mm. And secondly, Shearer, Shearer Lab. No, it doesn't give any idea. There's a guy in this building called Clive Prestige. 
Oh, that's a good one. Prestige Lab. Yes. Is uh, his is his actual group's name. <laughs> and uh, look, that's great. Shearer, though, yeah, that's what you're up against. So no deal. Um, what? But oh, this is what you got to do. This is the marketing side of things. What is your overall aim? What's the what's the blue sky kind of like? This is what we are doing. Using light effectively F- to drive reactions. Yes. All right, illuminating, illuminating chemistry lab, illuminating life, okay. life by uh, light, light, light and life lab. Ooh, <laughs> now we're talking. Anyway, that's another option. Mm. Is big blue sky. By the way, if you don't like those, that's fine. But I feel like I was onto a winner. <laughs> With which one? Light and life. Light and life lab. Nah. <laughs> Illuminate is a nice word. Yeah, Illumi- get that in Illuminate Lab. Yeah, Illuminate Group. Sometimes you could think of some uh, acronym. Oh, so yeah. the group in Germany mm. um, was Finch Functional Inorganic Nanocarbon Hybrids. Yeah, Finch, which I which I thought was pretty good. Yeah, there's the Kane Group here, which is Cognitive Effects of Aging and that sort of stuff. Like yeah, anyway, okay. Kane and yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So I could think of a some kind of acronym where illumination is part of it mm. um yeah look so i yeah you've just got a little bit of uh thinking to do i guess but with this oh my god you're setting up essentially a small small entity mm-hmm. so it needs a name it needs a website yep it needs a logo oh it needs also like all of the normal basic business actually the, those are the three a yep. brand identity all brand you need to identity. do yeah. All you need to do is choose a color palette that consists of like a an accent color, so something that draws attention, mm-hmm. a base color, which is like normally a darker... No, people choose blue, get away from blue. But, you know, what... And then it will be hues of that that your website can be. So it would be like, we're choosing this color, but we'll slightly lighten it or darken it for different aspects. Um, one accent color, maybe two accent colors, and then a couple of other secondary colors for very like the edges of buttons mm-hmm. or the sh- drop shadow. I don't know, whatever it is, but a couple of secondary colors that are nice to have if you feel like your color color palette's a bit shit. That's what you need. You writing this down? Color palette. I had not considered that at all. Yeah. Oh, there's a color colorpalette.io or colors.io but there's a few things that I use if I just need a color palette it's a a free website I'll I'll actually work out what it is but you go through and you keep on pushing generate until you find something you like just pops yeah and it pops yeah and then you lock the colors you like and so if a color palette's got some that you do like and some you don't you can select the ones you do like push generate and it will change you know lock the ones you like and it will generate the other ones until you like those as well yeah so that's yeah, that's what you definitely need a color palette, which is your which is like yeah your brand identity. Mm-hmm. Your logo will be that. It will inspire your marketing materials. It will inspire all sorts. Yeah, group website, mm. whatever it's going to be. Mm. How do you how do you get a website? You set up a website in the past? Never. Wow. Okay. I have set up loads. I know. Okay. <laughs> so first of all, you don't need. Uh, a high volume one to start with so where the money comes from like you pay so you pay someone like the cloud Mm -hmm. which is someone else's computer 
you just pay for a, a basic version. You know, how many visits a month are you expect in a thousand max? You know, like wh- where are you going? So that's a pretty low level entry thing. Mm-hmm. So get yourself a hosting person, agent, company, hosting company, domain name, which will be your lab name.com.au or .com if you can get that. Yep. Go for a .com. Uh, and then you need to, what what will be the, I guess the engine of your website. I always recommend WordPress. Okay. People like Squarespace and Wix. It's really easy to set up a website. You can get a website up and running on Wix and Squarespace in an hour. Like, and it's a good looking website. The issue is, is if you want to do anything, they charge you money. Okay. Whereas you can do all of the stuff that Wix and Squarespace force you to pay for on WordPress for free. It's just that no one wants to go through the learning experience. Everyone wants a website ready in an hour. Mm-hmm. But yeah, go through the learning process. So you need a, a host, domain name, and WordPress loaded onto that server. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's how. You, that's the basics of a website. Easy. Easy. <laughs> and then with your WordPress site, you need um, you just need a th- what's called a theme, which is essentially the design, what yeah. it's going to look like. You can spend a lot of money. I spent $2,000 once on a business, Percussive. Do you remember Percussive, the drumming business I I ran and went into Ah, schools? Yes. I thought that the way of making that a real business was to spend a lot of money getting like wireframes and design and brand concepts and blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. It's just a way to waste so much money, (laughs) so much just for the website web just for website and like the basic brand guidelines was about three thousand dollars that's bollocks Mm. get yourself there's logo ai logo generators now go get yourself one of them like just getting one you can always change it later yeah spend zero dollars and hosting should probably cost you more no more than 170 dollars a year boom yeah so the theme that you've which is yeah it's called a theme on WordPress that you get. You can probably buy one for about $60 that is professional as F. You just held yourself back from swearing. Yeah, I'm professional when I'm talking to a client. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think that's very professional. Just saying F. <laughs> F. I like, there's a Louis C.K. bit where he's like, don't be a pussy and hide behind the first letter of the word. <laughs> I like that bit. Anyway. So that's how you get a website up and running. But that's just the website, right? Mm-hmm. What about the content? Yeah. What pages are you going to have? How do you... Now, listen up, Cameron. Okay. I'm going to give you some real advice that I normally charge a lot of money for. Okay. All right? You know people might be listening. Shit. There goes my <laughs> business model. Mm-hmm. The first thing you do is you search engine optimize your website. You, you optimize it in terms of the pages and also you start a blog. In the website or separately? No, on the website. Yep. As part of the website, you start a blog. Okay. No one gives a shit about your lab news. Mm. No one gives a shit about you as a researcher. Yeah. But what you can do is find what people on Google are searching for. So it may be like, how does chemistry work? But like all of these basic things, right? If you put 10 or so blog articles up initially on your website 
that's related to your research that are search engine optimized for keywords that people are searching for at Google, mm -hmm. it will take about six months to a year for it to rank properly. But if you do that, I guarantee you'll have more visits to your like website than anyone else in the science world because no one does this. Once they're on your website, once you're providing them with information, once they've found their way through Google to your website, what you can then do is get them to engage with you in a different way. Like, hey, now they're interested, they're on your website. Then you can be like, hey, did you know we've got this thing coming up? Or you can support us this way. Or, mm -hmm. you know, we're at the... That's when you can get people actually engaged with you and your group. But being genuinely helpful and getting 10 blog, good blog posts up, just the first thing you do, will set the foundations for just awareness of, of you and your so what what type of blog post would i do to attract like how to yeah so, make graphene if that's something that i well, think people you, are searching yeah, on google so just just take graphene for example yeah let's have a look to see what how many times people search graphene related topics mm -hmm. And, and choose two or three high-level, high-search-volume things that aren't super competitive, as in you're not competing with the Wall Street Journal or, I don't know, Nature mm -hmm. for an article. But if you do that and you write about a 1,000 words, like really simple, like it's not science writing, it's just like inf informational, like here's the thing, and you, know, you should be able to write that up pretty quick. Mm-hmm. If you do that with different, you know, maybe there's two or three graphene, like what is graphene? Does graphene uh, cause cancer? Like, I don't know, like just okay. just things that people are searching for. It will position you as and your group as experts in that area to the lay person. Um, and also it's something you can build up in the future. So yes, those that's the idea is anything that you're dealing with, look to see what the general public, what their interest is, and then make sure you get that you hook them in in your blog with answers to the things they're searching for. Okay. <clears throat> hmm. So I met someone last week who said that they are relying on their digital presence or online presence mm. to attract students. Yes. To them. That's a now, good idea. Have you ever heard? So this is actually the first time I've heard of someone actually attracting students yeah. because of their website. Mm, so these are that. mostly going to be other so that they're actually working at a university where most of the students don't study mm. but they're able to get them to go from one university in adelaide to another university in adelaide yeah purely based on what they're posting yeah um say on on twitter or on i don't know if they're on instagram or not but but social media yep yeah i can see that so what do you think would attract students to do you think that students would look at a chemistry web page for this reason more than i think older researchers think yeah we live in a digital world now where if you're not at the end of a google search you don't really exist mm -hmm. so if you were to have a for example right what's what are students looking for they're probably looking for uh like questions along the line of how do you choose a good supervisor mm -hmm. um what makes a good PhD project? All those questions. If you yep. had good informative things yep. that they were searching for, and then once you've got their attention right at the bottom of the post, halfway through, have a pop-up, whatever it is, go, we are always looking for engage, enter your CV, and we'll get in contact. Anyway, 
Mm-hmm. So absolutely, I can see how that is an underutilized way okay. of getting scientists or, or students to your group. Absolutely. So you think not only would I, so not so much just promoting my own research, but having a blog post up there on mm. something that they would be Googling. actively searching for. Yeah. Like if you're, the, the one thing that I've learned over the last kind of couple of years in doing this is that audience first what are they looking for yeah be that be that thing they find and then they're they're open to offers or come work or submit your cv you know that sort of thing but Mm -hmm. having your audience's um motivations and uh i guess desires in mind just people just don't think like that i see people use blogs as essentially crap self self promotion Mm -hmm. We've got this grant and we did, sure, as part of a, like, sure, spill that out every so often if you must. But blogs are far more powerful than I think people give them credit for because so many people use them ineffectively. Um, And look, I, yeah, I can see, I hadn't even thought of that. But for you, I can absolutely see the value in using your website as essentially a lead magnet for students. Mm -hmm. That's really clever. Okay. Just got to get the... time and interest to actually do all these blog posts exactly what time of day would you write blog posts is this like your first like your job for the day or is it just something that you're doing at the end of the day when you can't Mm. be bothered doing anything else so uh i will let you know that andrewstapen.com.au i put up 21 long form blog posts uh, that answer my customers' specific questions. For example, how do you film a, a LinkedIn vlog? Mm-hmm. Seven digital marketing videos that will go that will help you uh, promote your work. Like all of yep. that stuff. Like those are the things my, I knew and searched. And, um, and so I wrote 21 articles in three months. I did about three a week. Yeah. Um, and does the math work out? Anyway, about that, two or three months. And, um, yeah, look, it, now I'm seeing the results three months later and I spent about an hour to an hour and a half writing the blog post. Mm -hmm. So I'd knock out probably a good 600 words and then say, I'm done. I can't write anymore. And I'd normally do that in the afternoon. But if you, if you just sort of like spend an hour where you just knock out 600 words. And like I said, this isn't like science writing, Mm -hmm. it's blog writing. If you can write science, you can write blogs. Like you just crank out the words. No one gives a shit if it's like rigorous enough. Like you just are as helpful as possible. But yeah, I used to do it in the afternoon. Yep. Probably about three to four o'clock in that sort of downtime when yeah. I oh, don't want to do anything, but I know I need to mm-hmm. knock out 600 words as shit as possible um, or like as good as possible, but except that it will be shit, I guess is what I mean. Do that every day for, for 10 weeks. Boom. You've got a very solid blog. And it's not much work. You say 10 weeks, right? It's a long time. Yeah. But in reality, in the grand scheme of things, if you just do that early, crank them out, let Google rank them, it's good. Yeah. Lay the foundations. It's not nice, but it works. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Uh, Okay, so any final do's and don'ts of a research website? So is the the landing page just going to have a picture of my face? No. Um holding a beaker no no <laughs> all right this is you because you, you, 
like I said, I think there's so many parallels with what you're doing and the way you should start a business. Mm. So your first, your landing page is your big hero header with light and chemistry and sexy and blah, whatever it is, right? Fuck people, fuck your face, fuck your your lab. Uh, People don't give a shit, right? They want to be, and and then that big mission statement, like we make life better by Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever it is, your big... and then, you know, underneath that, so that's that's the first thing people should see, something inspiring to encourage them to engage more. It's kind of the why. The, you know, Simon, Simon Sinek, Sinek, or whatever his name is, but the start with why guy, okay. which is no one's interested in the how or what you do. Yeah. They want to know why you do it. Mm-hmm. So if you tell them why you're so, why you, why you do what you do, yeah. you've already sort of won over most people. So that should be your header. Underneath that, you know, a little bit about our mission. So, you know, just a little bit more detail than your big thing. And then um, underneath that, you can put what you want. No one really scrolls to find, you know, <laughs> whatever. But then in terms of the the navigation, definitely in About Us, uh, you know, recent publications, uh, definitely just because no one gives a shit really, but they're good for propaganda. Like, you know, p- People give a shit in the fact that they're there. Yeah. They don't give a shit into the details. Oh, recent publications. They're a productive group. I definitely want to work with these guys, for mm-hmm. example, is what you want them to think. Uh, a contact us. Um, and probably, I always see, like, members of the group. Yeah. I don't know. All of the ones I've seen are never kept up to date. Well, yes. So they, it's like, what's the point of having it? You've got to keep it up to date or you don't include it. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's a choice for you. It's like once a year, are you going to go through and delete people's faces yeah. and stuff like that? Um, I'd like to think so, but... Yeah, that's right, yeah. I think that's probably <laughs> um, why they're there. Everybody must like to think that they'll keep yeah. it up to date. Yeah, yeah, that's probably Until why they're there. Until they forget the password. Exactly. Um, and yeah, look, I... I think websites are, are are like the the CV of businesses in a way. Mm-hmm. So you just need to present. You need to think about your audience. Why are they here? What would they want to know? For example, students seems to be like a great thing. I hadn't even thought about that. I'm very impressed. Uh, like, what would a student want to see? Where would they click? What information can I provide them? And then you know, you could have a for students that's yep. in your accent color. So that stands out. Mm-hmm. Boom. They're immediately on there. What do they want to see? They want to see pr- potential projects they could work on. They want to see a video of your lab and mm-hmm. you. Hey, welcome to our lab. We do this, this, and this. We're always looking for students. Get in contact through the form below. Here's a little lab tour. Mm-hmm. Nice music. Some fancy stuff. Boom. You're already like, the fact people don't do this is am- like It's just amazing. It's clearly time. Yep. Time and money, of course, but I, it's so effective. Businesses have been using this for years, um, and yeah, you, there's, there's no reason why you can't do the same. And a blog. Good, informative blog that isn't a self-promotional tool only. Mm-hmm. That's what you need. First thing, name. Yes. Hit us up on Facebook for ideas. Oh, yeah. I forgot that uh, we're speaking to an audience. I, I, I really do need help. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. I don't know much. Lay the foundations for success. Yep. I'm all about laying foundations, mm-hmm. unless it's actually in the garden, because I did that for a bit and did my back in. <laughs> <laughs> but as, yeah, it's good. So I like the 
you know, the suggestion to really treat it as a business. Mm. Whereas I was, I mean, in my head, I was just like, I'm going to look up other research groups and see what they do. Oh, no, yeah. maybe, no, look up what businesses do. Yeah, look at your favorite startup. Um, Verbalize science. <laughs> <laughs> oh, verbalize science, mate, obviously. But look at your favorite businesses yeah. and look at how they're thinking of their customer and your customer would be students mm-hmm. or grant funders or collaborators what, and yep. think of it through their lens. Yep. That's what you got to do. Thanks, Andy. You're welcome. It's nice to spill out some information every so often. Shall we go boom? One, two, three. <gasps> boom. <laughs> Music is provided by the awesome Adelaide-based band VoiceRom. Go check out their stuff on their Bandcamp website. Ladies also, remember to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, like our Facebook page. Join in the conversation on the facebook page yes <laughs> and leave us a review wherever you get this podcast because that does really help us a heap camera you were just listening to published parish or podcast and it was brought to you this week by our future sponsor casio the makers of the calculator watch oh i'm gonna calculate watch it's actually the wicked number one lab accessory for 2019 brilliant love it all right final farewells goodbye bye